0: Uh, Today I have one simple assignment. I don't want to, I'm not going to like try to do a whole sermon because I know we got lots of little kids and you guys have been amazing today. I just want to say you guys have been awesome, but I'm just going to try to, what I want to do today is just kind of set us up for not just this year, but even the decade that God could establish some things in our lives to allow us to experience what he has for us. How many of you believe that better than willpower is word power? You know, anybody have a New Year's resolution? Wow, like five people, so you gave up too. good, all right. I think, I, think, I think a lot of us are weary about New Year's resolutions because we realize that, you know what, it might be a new year, but it's the same old you, correct? And it, you have the same old desire to eat Cheetos and watch football, the gym is just not as appealing to you as just every bit as unappealing as it was last year. I think a lot of people are struggle with New Year's resolutions because they realize that it's not actually new. It's just another year. It's a, it's a different year. It's an additional year. It's not new. For something to be truly new, I want to suggest to you, we've been taking this to the bank for the last few years. I believe that the only person, the only one who's able to bring anything actually new into our world and into our lives is God. Everything else is kind of recycled. Everything else is, is just stuff that he's already made that we're taking and we're rearranging. That's, you know, when, when my kids make a, a coloring and they, they say, Hey dad, I created something. I made you a picture. It's new. It's not really new. It's pre-existing paper that was a tree that existed before. It's all just the rearrangement of cells and, uh, and atoms. And, and anyway, that's too much for. Th- But what we call new a lot of the time isn't actually new, it's just another. But here's what I've come to find, that God has the power to bring what is truly new into our lives. That he's the one that can bring life where there was no life, bring light where there was no light, bring freedom where there was no freedom bring refinement where you need refinement, bring maturity where you lack it. God has the power to actually breathe things and deposit things in our lives, almost, not almost, about us, supernaturally, just reaching into space and time, reaching into your life. He can, by the power of his word, bring change, real transformation. So today, if you came uh, to get a Tony Robbins pick me up, you came to the wrong place. Uh, I am not gonna motivate you, but what I will do is position you to hear from God The word that he wants to speak into your life and over your life for this next year and even maybe the next decade. And I believe that word has the power to actually bring real lasting change in life. Can I get an amen? It's just God's word that has the power and the strength and the potential to actually bring real transformation and change. So I'm all for discipline. I'm all for getting to the gym. I'm all for trying to make changes for the better. I I, I do that too. But one thing I've found is the only one that can really change things in my world and in my life is the one who's outside of it, above it, and in it, and he can reach in by the power of his word. The Bible actually teaches us this. Genesis tells us that before God created things, everything was nothing, he says. The earth was formless and void, it says in Genesis 1. And then it says, and God saw it, and he looked, and and it says, the Lord said, let there be light. God creates things through the power of his word. Check this out, right girl? We're being good. Here we go. Look at this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. So nothing's actually made that doesn't come through him, through his word. And without him was not anything made. Nothing was made without him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a picture of this principle that God's word is the thing that carries life. God's word is the thing that carries us to life. God's word is the only thing strong enough to get us to the 2020, 2021 that God wants us to get to. I was thinking about it like this. My, believe it or not, my great grandfather was a lighthouse keeper. He was a lighthouse keeper and kids get this. This lighthouse is in the middle of the Bay of Fundy. It's right at the mouth of the Bay of Fundy. It's called Gannet Rock. It's about 20 kilometers off the coast of Grandma Ann. So you gotta take a ferry ride to get to Grandma Ann and then another long boat ride to get to Gannett Rock. And it literally is just a rock in the middle of the ocean. They built a lighthouse there because in the 1800s, this is a popular shipping line. All the ships from around the world come right through there and this was a huge danger. There were shipwrecks on this. It was a major problem, so they put a a lighthouse there. And from 1939 to 19, uh, sorry, 1929 to 1944, my great-grandfather Wilson, and his wife and my Grammy Kay Ingersoll, Kay Wilson at the time, lived on that rock. No Wi-Fi, <laughs> no telephone, no electricity. They weren't streaming Mandalorian. They weren't running the Sobeys to get some bread and milk. Can you imagine that? We punish prisoners with that, right? Like Alcatraz has more to offer than Gannett Rock. It's amazing. I, it's incredible. So my great grandfather was the lighthouse keeper and his job was to keep the lighthouse burning so that so that ships wouldn't wouldn't crash into the rocks. He was It was a very important job. And this lighthouse, when my grandfather was there, was all run by oil and flame. It was actually something he had to keep going. And I, we had this really cool experience. I'll show you actually where Gannett Rock is to give you a picture of it. I, I drew it. Um, Gannett Rock is right here. So it's in the middle between Nova Scotia and, and Maine, really. And And then here's here's Grandma Graham and Gannett Rock's right out here in the middle of the ocean. Can you imagine like just living out there? You're all like, no, that would be awful. I know, right? And so my grandmother grew up there, spent the first uh, bit of her childhood there. And this was a a picture. And we did this thing, my family, uh, when I was about 18 years old, my family rented uh, a fishing boat and we all met on Grandma Anne, and we we went out to see this place that my grandmother uh, spent her childhood at. And as we were there, we were walking around it, my whole family, all the Ingersolls, and uh, we were there with my grandmother, and she's recounting and telling us about this, uh, her life, and it was incredible. They used to live in this little house right here, and this is where the lighthouse is, obviously, but then she was telling us about this structure right here, and that was a granite-based cement-reinforced bunker. And what that was for was it would get so rough at times, the storms would be so mighty and so intense. And you think about when high tide came up, my grandmother said, literally, they've had waves just go over the entirety of the island. Can you imagine that? And so she was telling us about how, when it got bad enough, what they would do is they'd move the family into the, into the bunker, into the shelter to wait out the storm. And she said, but my grandfather had this job, like whether it was storming or not, whether it was waving or not, he had to get to the lighthouse to keep it going because people's lives depended on it. And so she said what he would do was there was a rope. There was actually a rope, like a, a literal lifeline that ran from the lighthouse back to the shelter. And that lifeline was quite literally my great grandfather's lifeline. He would, he'd get his rain gear on in the middle of the storm, he'd clamp him harness, harness himself in and then he'd grab onto that lifeline and he would get from the, this structure back to the lighthouse and get up to, to keep it going. Isn't that crazy? But I was thinking about, that's a picture of the word of God over your life this year. The word is your lifeline. The word is the one thing that is solid enough and and, and sure enough and trustworthy enough that can get you from 2019 to 2020 the way God wants to get you there. It's the one thing that leads you in the right direction, whether you can see your hand in front of your face as you hold that. The Bible says your word is a lamp to my feet. It guides us. It holds us. It brings us from here to there. It sustains us. It saves us. That's what God's word does. I was thinking about how, you know, that that lifeline was only as powerful as it was that my grandfather took hold of it. And here's what I want to encourage you today with. I want you this year to think about God's word as more than just decoration. I want you to think of God's word with a bit of desperation. That this is what saves my life. This is what sustains my life. This is what brings me into where God wants to bring me. This is what releases the promises of God. I think a lot of the time we think of God's word as just sort of this cute thing that we, it's, we kind of attach maybe loose hope to, but really the thing that changes things is when you take a hold of it and you say, that's my word, that's my promise, I'm hanging on to this. I will get to experience what God has for me. That's the difference. And I want to encourage you this year, and this is why we're taking 21 days. We're taking 21 days, the next 21 days, to, like my grandfather, take hold of the word, to take hold of that lifeline, to hear what God has to say about you and about his will for you and what he wants to do in your life, and to take that word and to grab a hold of it and not let go. Here's what I don't know this year I don't know what storms are going to come, I don't know what waves are going to crash into your life. Life happens, doesn't it? No one's exempt. And I don't want to get here and I don't want to I don't want to stand up here and say this is going to be uh, the year of the best things ever. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's some storms that will come. I pray that's not the case, but here's what I know to be true. God's word is greater and more powerful than any storm that can happen in your life. And he will hold you and carry you and provide for you and give you not just enough, but more than enough to get to where you need to go. And so I'm believing that for this year. And that's why we're going to spend the next 21 days uh, in prayer and fasting. We're going to take this window of time and what think about this next 21 days. Uh, think about my grandfather. He gets his family situated and then he's pulling on his rain gear, putting that harness on and getting his clamp and clamping on to that rope that carries him to, to, to the lighthouse. And I'm thinking of this next 21 days kind of like that. This is us getting a hold of what God has for us. This is us saying, God, I'm listening. Lord, I want what you have for me this year. God, I want to experience everything that you have for me. And so I'm going to grab a hold of what you have to say. And the next 21 days are an attempt. They're an opportunity for us to take a hold of God's word as God's word takes a hold of us. That's what it's all about. So the 21-day fast, what does it look like? Well, first and foremost, it's 21 days beginning tomorrow. I to say tomorrow. Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. We're going to start tomorrow. So today, binge watch, eat, whatever you got to do, right? Today is the day. I got a bunch of Christmas candy. My wife and I got to plow through a whole cupboard of Christmas candy today. So no, we're going to begin tomorrow. Freeze it. Good idea. Yeah. We're going to begin tomorrow three weeks, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is going to be an attempt to allow the Lord to speak into us, to position us and posture us. Now, what is a fast? For those of you who are new to this, a fast is basically to deny yourself something. It's to carve something out of your life. It's to let go of something. You know, when I think about my grandfather moving, uh, grabbing a hold of the rope, he had to let go of the things he was holding to, to, to grab a hold of the rope, correct? He couldn't hold the rope and hold a hold of the lantern at the same time. He had to let go of something to take a good grip on the rope. And this, that's, this is what fasting does for us. Fasting is a way that we let go of some things. They might be good things, things that we love, things that we enjoy. But what happens when you let go of those things and you give those things up is it allows you to grab a hold of God in a new and more powerful way. I have a mentor in my life who says that when you give up what's most desirable to, to you, you become most desirable to God. If you want to experience God's power and you want to get God's word in your life, fasting is a, probably the best tool I have found that clears out the clutter, it clears out the junk, it clears out the things that might just not be helping and allows me to, to, to take a hold of God's word. So for you, what does a fast look like? Pick something. Pick something that matters. Don't give up something that you're going to give up anyway. That's not a sacrifice. You know, give up something that matters, give up something that you enjoy, give up something. It's a it's a consecration and a sacrifice unto the Lord. And what happens when you do is you unplug from that and you plug into God. So I'll, I'll share what I'm gonna do, just for your help. You get creative with it. Uh, for me, I've been practicing this the last few years. I call it the Brenninger Total Health Fast, TM. And what it is, is basically I Clear out anything in, in taking anything that's not objectively unto health. So that means through my eyes, through my ears, through what I eat, all of it. If it's not objectively edifying, glorifying to God, and edifying for me, I don't eat it. I don't listen to it. I don't see it. So that means I shut down all social media. No. Yep. <laughs> yep. Some of you. Let me just. I'm not saying. Thus saith the Lord. If you shut down social media for 21 days, I, I guarantee you're gonna feel like more human after 21 days, but anyway. Um, I shut down all social media, Netflix. I give up all TV, all movies, all music that's not worship and and praise to God, Uh, all podcasts, all things that aren't making me smarter, aren't making me more like Jesus, that aren't bringing life. And I only eat food that's positive. So I cut out empty calories and empty carbs and all that. And for me, what that does is, is it literally completely just flushes my soul, my spirit, my body, my mind, and it gets me in a position with God. I'll tell you what, 10 days on that, you're going to be a tender human being. And uh, I would encourage some of you, maybe try that with me. Uh, I'll be doing that beginning tomorrow. And you can do what you want though. Give up, give up something that it costs you. The point of a fast is this. Let me just say this and I'll get, I'll get moving. The point of a fast is this, that you feel it. Every time I go to eat something, I have to think about the fact that, oh, I'm not eating that. Why am I not eating that? Because I want more of you. You need to pick something that reminds you why you're doing it. If you never think of it, like some of you are like, well, I'll give up Facebook. You go on it once a year, who cares? It's for the woman who's on it 16 times a day. Every time you go to the computer, you're reminded, oh, I'm not doing that, why? Because I want more of God. That's the point of the fast. It's a tool. So pick something and start tomorrow. Who's with me? Hey, all right, good, all right. They're like, eh, hey, I don't know. You should try it really it's going to be it's going to be huge. Nothing gets you hearing God like a fast. Nothing. You want to hear a word of God over your life? I, I encourage you to start it. So I want you to jump on the fast. Here's something else we're going to let you. I'm going to encourage you to do. I want you to do daily time with God every day for 21 days. Try to connect with God just once. We have put together a resource for you. We have a 21 day guide. It's a journal. Uh, Pastor Greg did an incredible job putting this together. We have it in uh, paper form for those of you who don't want to pay the two bucks to get the book. We only have a limited amount of these. I don't want a book. I have it in. So you can download it online, you can uh, grab the piece of paper before you leave, anybody watching online, you can download it. Grab this and it's going to guide you through the Gospel of John, one chapter a day for the next three weeks. It's going to be awesome. So grab it and jump in, that'll be a huge help and encouragement to you. So the 21-day reading plan, here's another thing I want to encourage you, encourage you with. Come to church three weeks in a row. Yeah? I taught about this back in the fall. The principle of firsts. When you put God first, you reap the reward after. Give God the month of January and say, God, we are just gonna set a standard. We know we're not gonna get to church every single weekend, but we will gather these next three weeks and we're gonna make it a priority. Come every week, the next three weeks, and I'm gonna be beginning a brand new series next week. I'm gonna start preaching through the book of Revelation. Whoa, that's right. I heard somebody like, whoa, yeah, I know. I have avoided it. I have been preaching for 15 years, and I have just avoided it because I, I, don't, I don't know what this is. And so I've been studying it, though. Guess what? God wrote it. And it's amazing. And I am excited to dive into that. We're going to start preaching through it. I don't know how long it's going to take. We'll probably pause and come back. It's our new Bible series. I'm going to be beginning that next week. Everyone say next week. Yeah, next week. It's going to be a ton of fun. I really can't wait. I'm excited. I wish I could start right now. But some of these kids just aren't about to have that. So we'll keep moving. So come come three weeks in a row, and uh, we're going to begin Revelation. And then one more tool for you. Uh, We put together this last year. This is something that I have been using myself and developed over the years. And this is just a framework for me uh, to just kind of, again, hear God and establish my life. This is a breakthrough guide. Uh, It helps you kind of find God's word in your life, to think about obedience and discipline, to think about worship. It really constructs you. So make sure you grab one of these or get it online. It's your guide to a breakthrough year. So those are tools to help you hear and receive God's word. Now, God has a specific word for you and he wants to give that to you. And so that's what these 21 days are for. It's for you to hear what God is saying. I've been asking though, God, over the last month or so, what are you saying over King's Church? What are you releasing? How many of you believe that God, although he has general grace, he does specific things in specific seasons? And he says specific words and gives specific graces at specific times. And I've been asking God, God, what's on your heart? And what do you want to release to your people this year? And I asked him to just kind of give me some things. And over the last month or so, I've been listening and praying. And these have been the things that he's put on my heart. And so I just want to release these. And then we're going to pray together as families. But I want you even now to just say, God, I'm listening. Lord, I'm listening and if this is something you want me to hold on to this year, I'm gonna receive that, I'm gonna hang on to that as as though you said it. And so here are the things the Lord has put on my heart. Five words for 2020 that I believe uh, are, gonna, are gonna be a thing that God does. The first is this, I believe that this is going to be a year of revelation. That's why I'm doing the series, Revelation. That's why I felt to jump into that because the word revelation is a word for this year. I believe that this is gonna be a seeing season. It's gonna be a season where you start to see things and we start to see things we haven't seen before, both as, as it pertains to our lives, as it pertains to things we've been wanting to see happen, things that we've been praying to see happen. I believe that there's gonna be prayers and seeds sown in the past that are gonna come into fruition. You're gonna see it. Your faith's gonna become sight in this season. But more than that, I think this is about God expanding our perspective. This is gonna be a season where we see things and haven't perceived things that God shows us mysteries. I was thinking about this, Jeremiah 33 says this, says, thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name, call to me, this is God speaking, and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. I believe that this year God is gonna tell us and show us great and hidden things that we have not known that you are going to see, and we're going to see some mysteries. How many of you have found the most exciting and life-giving thing in the world is when God shows you something? Ah, it changes everything. And I believe that there's going to be a special grace this year if you will receive it and take hold of that. I believe God's going to open our eyes this year. So it's going to be a year of revelation. Anybody want to receive that? It's going to be a year of revelation, I believe, as well. I felt very strong about this, that this is going to be a year for persistence. Uh, Specifically, I had this thought, the Lord kind of spoke to me and said that when you feel resistance, realize when on the other side of you persisting and pressing in, I'm actually going to bring breakthrough. And that there's a special grace, I believe this year, for when you feel that resistance to see victory if you will just not give up and that he wants you to be on high alert for times where it seems like there's resistance. Anybody know what resistance feels like? You're like, yes, they're in my arm right now, right? Like the Bible, I I believe that God is saying this, that I'm giving you a grace that if you'll just push back against resistance, you're gonna see victory. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. What's the key word in that? Resist, when the devil pulls, you pull back. And I believe that God's gonna give a grace this year for us to pull back and see victory. So just be advised. If you feel resistance, it's not a bad thing. That's the next step towards your victory. And so I'm believing it's gonna be a year for persistence. Everybody say persistence. Come on, kids, say persistence. Come on, Aiden, say persistence. It's fun to say persistence. I also, this is huge. I'm almost done and we're gonna pray. I also believe this is a year for overcoming. Uh, this is uh anybody know who Jehu is? He is an awesome character in the Bible. Kids, you should look him up. He is a mighty guy. He was the guy that God raised up that killed Jezebel. It's an R-rated section of the Bible. You're not, you, you might want to, you know, read it in your kid's Bible app, but it is intense. Jehu actually was the guy that came and said, enough's enough. You will not manipulate the 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 people of God. You will not manipulate God's, God's chosen. You will not control. You will not overwhelm. You will not overpower them any longer. And he came and he trampled her. And it was an incredible story. And I believe this is going to be a season of intentional trampling of oppressive forces. Let me just say this. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you feel it in your gut, this is for you. I believe that this is going to be a season where God gives you victory over things that have been over you for a long time things that like addictions, struggles, things that have just always been there, always kind of rearing its ugly head. I believe this is gonna be a season where God gives a grace for us to stand on it and it to never raise its ugly head again. This is gonna be a season of overcoming. Anybody feel that to be true? I also, number four is this, I'm almost done. It's gonna be a year of overflow. God is gonna give us the capacity to steward more. How many of you have found that sometimes more isn't better? Sometimes more is harder. I think it was the prophet uh, Christopher Notorious B.I.G. Wallace that said, just see if you're paying attention, <laughs> mo' money, more problems, right? It's hard, there's a burden with blessings. It's complicated, and I believe God's going to give us a grace as a church and you as an individual, if you receive it, to be able to steward more, to know what to do with it, to have wisdom for business, to have wisdom for your investments, for wisdom for what you're going to do with your time, what you're going to do with your family. I believe that God wants to give us grace for for the overflow. And then finally this, this is a year of refinement. God is going to snuff out things, and he's going to burn up things that just don't belong in the kingdom of God. Let me say this. God is going to clean house this year. He's going to clean house in our families. He's going to clean house in our minds. He's going to clean house in our appetites. He's going to clean house in this church. And I believe that God is going to release a consuming fire so strong in the church that it is actually going to be a cleansing agent in the region. And that we're going to be the very mechanism of God as he ignites us. It's going to actually bring transformation around us. This is a year of refinement. You know who, st- who gets scared of fire? Chaff. You know what doesn't fear fire? Gold. Job said, I will come through the fire. I'll come forth as gold. And I believe this is a year where God is going to refine us, that he's going to bring us to greater glory and greater strength than ever before. I believe that in one year's time, you're going to look back and say, I'm different. I am very different. God has changed me into his image. I look more like Jesus. I talk more like Jesus. I think more like Jesus. I feel more like Jesus. I'm more like Jesus. And I believe there's a grace this year to go a lot further than we normally do. How many of you look back over your life and say, you know what, I've been following Jesus a year, five years, I've changed. Anybody say they've changed? Hallelujah, that's that's yours, God does that. I believe this year we're gonna change faster than normal. I just think it's a season of refinement, Maturity is gonna happen, amen? Amen. You receive those today? Let's do this, stand to your feet everybody and we're gonna just pray as families. I'm gonna get my family to come join me. If you're here with your family, why don't you go ahead and just huddle up, grab your kids, Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your husband. Hey guys, this is my family. What do you gotta say? Nothing. What? (laughs) You got anything to say, bud? No. All right, we're gonna pray. So let's pray and we're gonna just release these words and pray that God just has his will and his way. Here's, here's something I wanna happen though. If you didn't come with your family, you're part of this family. So no one's alone, no one's alone. So let's huddle up, let's bring some adoptive families in. Uh, jump in, you, John come on up. No, John's coming with me, John come on up. John's been asking to come on stage for weeks, so here we go, come on John. You're coming with me, you're in my family this morning. John said, if I get baptized, I get to preach on stage. And so come on up, bud. Come on. I'm not not joking. You're staying with us today. Come on up, bud. No one's alone. Is anybody alone? Let's just huddle in together. We're one big family. Come on in, buddy. There we go. John's with us today. Here's your big moment, pal. All right. The hand's off. That's my girl. (laughs) What do you got to say? It's your big moment. Oh, now that you're here, you're all tongue-tied. Talk a big game down there with me. So, I'm just joking. All right, let's pray. Let's pray and let's just ask God to do what only He can do. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that it's true. We thank you that it's the power of life. We thank you that your word accomplishes that which it purpose, that it never returns to you void. And so Father, we thank you for what you've already said to us in these five words. And we thank you for what you're going to say to everybody as we t- as we embark on this 21 days. Lord, I pray for grace over these 21 days, that from the youngest to the oldest, we would hear specific and special words from you. Lord, just things that you're just saying to us. We just claim that that scripture where it says, you'll tell us things we haven't heard, show us things we haven't seen. And So, Lord, I pray for every individual. Lord, I ask for just a beautiful, specific, intimate word that comes only from you, that just to them, Lord, and that brings life like they've never experienced before. And now, God, as a church, we take hold of the words and the promises that you've given us, even these five words. Lord, we thank you that we believe that this really is a season, God, for revelation. We ask, God, that you'd open eyes and open ears. Lord, we ask that we would be a church that hears what the Spirit is saying and sees what the Spirit is saying. Lord, thank you for revelation for every age group and every mindset, Lord, every stage and space of life. We pray for revelation in Jesus' name. God, I pray for a grace for persistence. Lord, we thank you for the battles that you choose to let us fight, and we thank you for victory, that if you call us to it, you'll see us through it. We thank you for every battle because, God, you bring us through to victory. Lord, you would you make us just uh, strong in persistence and resistance to the devil, realizing that we are on the precipice of victory. Thank you for, for persistence in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for a year of overcoming. God, thank you that we will stand on the head of the snake this year in the power and the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that this year strongholds, old strongholds will be broken. Oppressive demon, demonic spirits will be broken and they will flee at the power of Jesus in our lives. Lord, thank you that generational curses are broken this year in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that there will be new generational multiplication happening because of what you do this year. God, we thank you for the power of God in us and upon us to raise us up like Jehu, to take out anything that would oppose your will and, con- and just come against your glory and your kingdom. God, would you make us warriors and mighty? God, would you give us an intolerance of sin? Give us an intolerance of control and manipulation and the Jezebel spirit as we take our place and take our stand in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for this year, God. We thank you in advance, Lord, that you're going to give us capacity to deal with surplus problems. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God, not just of enough, but more than enough. And you're gonna give us the capacity to steward well, Lord. Thank you. I I think of the scripture where it says, you've done well with little, now God, now you're trusting us with more. Lord, as you trust us with more this year, would you find us faithful as servants? Would you give us wisdom to steward? God, give us wisdom as to what business endeavors to be involved in, how to schedule our time, how to prioritize our family. Thank you, Lord, that you're gonna give us wisdom for the surplus in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we ask, that the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the consuming fire of God would ignite us brand new this year. You'd burn up everything that's not lasting and refine the beauty in us. Would you make us more like Jesus, we pray this year. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, give a handshake and high five. Let somebody know you love them and you receive it in Jesus' name and we'll continue to worship. Awesome. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the message today. If you wanna stay up to date, go ahead and click subscribe to follow us on YouTube. And hey, if you wanna partner with us in getting these messages farther, you can go to our website and find out ways that you can give and help us get the good news of Jesus further than ever before.